0: The destiny of your life, of your, of your future Christmas here in about 24 days is determined by the questions you ask. The more honest you are to the answers that you, that you have, or the, the more honest the answer you have to the questions that you are asking yourself, the greater quality of life you will have, and the further you will go. In that very first Christmas, the destinies of Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the innkeepers were all determined by the questions and the answers to those questions that they asked themselves. Next week, we're going to take a look at Joseph and the question that he asked himself. The following week, we're going to take a look at the wise guys, okay? And the questions that they asked themselves. And then, in Christmas Eve, we're going to take a look at the innkeeper and the question that he asked himself. Today, we're going to take a look and start off with Mary. And the question that she asked herself was a simple one. Will I accept God's mission for my life. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about Mary out there, so let me correct some. First of all, Mary was not perfect. She was not sinless. She wasn't a goddess, okay? Nowhere in the Bible are we told that we should pray to Mary. Nowhere in the Bible are we told to worship Mary. Those are church traditions. You will not find those things in the Bible, But the Bible tells us, but the Bible does tell us a few things about Mary. They tell us who she was and why she was special. What made Mary special was that she was willing to accept her destiny. And that is what made her stand out amongst all the women. She was willing to trust and accept the mission that God had for her. We see this In the story of Christmas, out of Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 29. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to Mary, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now understand something about this Christmas story. Mary at this point in time was an extremely young woman. Girls during this time normally were engaged by the time they were 13 years old and then married soon after that. And the reason for that is that because during this period of history, People were dying in their young 30s. And so they got married earlier. And so when this angel shows up, Mary is no more than 15 years old. And the angel announces to her, guess what, I have got a plan for you. It is a fantastic plan. God is going to come into the world like like every human comes into this world and you are going to be the mother of God without sex. And Mary goes, me? My mission is to have a baby without sex and it's going to be the son of God? And Mary's response was this, that she was greatly troubled. Will you circle that? In the Greek that means she was scared spitless. She didn't know what to think. She didn't know what to say. No doubt she's thinking, oh, mom's not going to believe this one, okay? My friends aren't going to believe this. My fiance isn't going to believe this. My community isn't going to believe this. I mean, if someone came up to you and said, I'm pregnant, but I didn't have sex, would you believe them? I don't think so, okay? Mary is feeling like she is in deep doo-doo right now. Take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through 33. This is why the angel addresses her this way. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. After this angel addressed the emotional need that Mary had, that of fear, he goes on and he gives her some code Names for this baby that she's going to have, this Messiah, this promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. And in essence, this angel is saying, This is not going to be an ordinary birth because guess what? This is no ordinary child. This is not going to be the son of Joseph. It's going to be God's son. Take a look at verse 34 through 37. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. Why is it That God chose Mary. Well, I can guarantee you this wasn't because she was educated. Folks, she wasn't. And it wasn't because she was wealthy. She wasn't. She was poor. And it wasn't because she was mature either. Folks, she was just a teenager. So why did God choose her? Because she trusted God completely and was willing to accept the mission that God had made her for, even though she knew it was going to be tough. Even though she knew she was going to be criticized. Even though she knew there was going to be all kinds of misunderstandings about this. Now in those verses, it mentions Elizabeth. Who is this Elizabeth? Elizabeth was Mary's aunt. And Mary, so to speak, had a miraculous birth. Not in the same way that that Mary did, but Elizabeth, her aunt, was having a baby beyond her childbearing years. And so, the angel, or God, lets her in on that secret. Why? Well, folks, it's just like God to give us some encouragement when we are going through things for the very first time that we don't understand. And that is what God is doing here. He's giving Mary some encouragement through a, a, a relative, Elizabeth, who's experienced, so to speak, a miracle birth as well. And so what is Mary's response to this news We'll take a look at verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything that you have said come true. And then the angel left. And why should it stick around? It's accomplished its mission, right? Why did Mary say yes to her mission? Folks, it was going to be tough. There was going to be misunderstanding. There was going to be criticism for others. Why did she say yes when she was scared spitless? Well, fortunately for us, Mary wrote down her answer to that question. She wrote it down in a song or a poem. This song is is often used by operas or other writers of songs. It's called the Magnificate. It means glory to God or, or let's magnify God. And it's only made up of 10 verses. And out of those 10 verses, you find five reasons why Mary accepted the mission that God had for her. And they are the same five reasons that God wants you to accept the mission that he has for you during this holiday season. And the first one is simply this. This is the first reason that Mary mentions in her 10 verse song. And it's this. Because God made me for a purpose. You see, you are God's idea. You are God's invention. You are God's innovation. You are God's product. He formed you. He designed you. He he created you. He constructed you. And he did so For a purpose. Now, God not only made you, but guess what? He saved you. If you've asked Christ into your life, you are heaven-bound. He just didn't create you. He wants to save you. Now, you and I need to understand something here. Even though God has made us, that just doesn't make us heaven-bound. Not all of us are God's children, okay? We only become a child of God, When we say yes to a relationship with the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. God doesn't force anyone to be in relationship with him. And for the most of us, we didn't choose him early on in life. We chose to sin. We chose to do our own thing. And so what God did in knowing this is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins so that if we receive him, we could be in right relationship with him. And this is the first thing that Mary gives as a reason to accept the mission. Take a look at Luke chapter one, verse 46 and 47. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices In God, my Savior. You see, God just didn't make you, folks. He wants to save you. Will you circle the word rejoice? Mary is saying here, I'm not doing and accepting this mission haphazardly. I'm not accepting this mission reluctantly. I'm not not following because I have to do this. No, I'm following willingly. I'm following eagerly and expectantly. I'm rejoicing in this. I'm happy about this. This is what I have been made for. This is why I'm on earth. I rejoice in accepting this mission even though I know It's going to be tough. Now when it comes to life planning for most people, even for Christians, they act like atheists. They accept God as their Savior. But they don't accept Him as their Lord. And so they don't see a lot of change in their life. Who you perceive God to be and how you receive him truly will determine the life change that is in your life, whether you will really adopt and grab on to the mission that God has created you for. If you just see him as a savior, you'll just get saved from one, you'll be heaven bound, but you'll just get saved from one thing to the next thing and you won't see much life transformation in your life. But if you receive him, not just as your savior, but as your Lord, Wow, you're going to see all kinds of change in your life. A lot of Christians accept Christ as their Savior, but then they come along and they say, but I'm going to live my life my way. Really? Do you think God created you just so that you can live your life your way? I don't think so. To live your purpose, your, the purpose that you want for your life? I don't think so. God made you for a purpose, and who better to trust than your Creator God, your Lord, and your Savior? The second reason why it is best for you and I to accept the mission for which God has created us, and it's the second one that we see Mary giving, is this no one cares for me more. Folks, no one cares for you more than God. Do you remember that old Willie Nelson song? You are always on my mind. You are always on my mind. <clears throat> I'm just warming up for the Christmas tree lighting, okay? You remember that song, You Were Always On My Mind? Guess what? Willie, I hate to tell you this, but if you weren't there for her when she needed you, when she was going through tough times, when she had questions, you didn't really have her on your mind. Well, maybe I wasn't there, Willie would say, when, when you were going through those things. But you were always on my mind. Liar. Now, let me let you in on something. I've been married 45 years. I love my wife, okay? I've added the phrase, and I've told you this, I adore her. I not just love her. I tell her all the time now, Cheryl. I not I not only love you. I adore you. You are the apple of my mind, uh, apple of my eye. But let me let you in on something. I don't always think about her. I love my kids. I love my grandkids more than I love my kids. Okay. <laughs> and they aren't always on my mind. But I want to tell you this: you are always on God's mind. God is love, and God's love is perfect, and he always has you on his mind. In Job, it says if God's thoughts would return to himself, you and I would perish. We would turn to dust. Obviously, we're still here. God always has us on his mind. He thinks about you more than you think about you. Take a look at some of these verses. Psalms 115 verse 12. The Lord is constantly thinking about us and he will surely bless us. Folks, there is never a time that God is not thinking about you. Take a look at 1 Peter 5, 7. Give God all your worries and cares for he is always thinking about you. He is watching everything and over everything that you are concerned about. Whatever you're concerned about, guess what? God's concerned about. Whatever you worry about, God doesn't worry about it. Whatever you worry about, God's concerned about. Whatever you're uptight about, guess what? God is concerned about. There is nothing in your life that you're concerned about that God is not concerned about. Why? Because he is always, you are always on his mind. A number of years ago, there was a Fox personality that got canned. You might remember him. His name was Bill O'Reilly. Remember Bill? Here today, gone tomorrow. And he would start off his show with that tagline, and the spin stops here. And at the end of his show, he would always end with this tagline, "And, and we are looking, and I am looking out for you. I started to think about that, and I thought, How can you be looking out for me? You don't even know who I am. You're not looking out for me if you don't know who I am, if you don't know the concerns that I have. Bill, guess what? I think you're just looking out for you. But God is always looking out for you, folks. And Mary accepted God's mission for her life because she knew that God was looking out for her, even though she knew that it was going to be tough, that she was going to be misunderstood, that she was going to be criticized. She knew that God was going to be looking out for her. And I want to say this when you accept Christ, not just as your Savior, but as your Lord, and the mission that He has for you, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have problems. But understand this. He's always looking out for you. Why? Because he's always, he has you on his mind all the time. This is the second reason that Mary said yes to the mission. Take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 48. For he has been mindful, will you circle that word, of the humble, uh, of the humble state of his Servant. Mindful means alert, attentive, paying attention. When no one else is paying attention in your life during this holiday season and you're experiencing loneliness, understand God is paying attention. There is nothing that goes on in your life that that escapes his notice when Jesus was doing ministry, he said in Matthew 10, even when an arrow or not an arrow but even when a sparrow falls to the ground, guess what? I take note of it. And how much more important are you than the birds of the air? I have every hair of, on your head numbered, even the ones in your nose. Ooh. Pastor George, did you have to mention that? You'll remember that now, won't you? God says, I know and I pay attention. And Mary says, I've accepted God's mission for my life. I I have trusted him with the plan of my life because he made me for it. And not only that, he pays attention to everything in my life. The third reason that you ought to accept God's mission for your life, which is best, not just as your Savior, but as your Lord, as I'd like to say, is this. It's the key to blessings. It is the key to blessings. I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing on my life, okay? I want God's blessing on your life. And the key to God's blessing on your life is to do life God's way. It is to do what God has created you to do. It is to fulfill the mission in which he has made you for. If if you choose to do your plan, good luck. If you say, guess what, I'm just going to do my life my way. (laughs) You're on your own, okay? Okay. But when you and I decide, you know what, I want to do life the way God has prescribed it for me. And I want to fulfill the very mission in which he has made me for. That's when you and I experience blessings. And Mary knew this. Mary knew that faith and obedience was the key to blessing. Take a look at verse 48. From now on, every nation will call me blessed for he the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me and god will show his mercy to every generation who will worship and serve him not only has god not only does god want to bless mary and, and he has but god wants to bless you god says i'll bless anybody who will choose to follow me fully And make me their Savior and Lord of their life and seek to fulfill the plans for which I have created them for. And Mary says, from now on, every generation will call me blessed. What is Mary saying there? She's saying, if I go with God's plan, guess what? I'm going to be blessed. And what's going to happen is God is going to use my body in a unique way that will never be forgotten by anybody. And it hasn't, has it? Today, people still recognize how special Mary is. Now, you may be sitting here and you may be thinking, well, you know, well, that may be true of Mary, but uh, guess what? That won't be true of me. You're wrong. You are dead wrong. It may be true that you might not be remembered very long on this side of eternity but you will never be forgotten. And all that you have done for God in fulfilling the mission in which you've been created for will be remembered in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. In fact, when you and I get there, there are going to be people who are going to come to us and say, Thank you. Thank you for fulfilling the mission. Thank you for your generosity at LifePoint. Thank you for serving at LifePoint. You don't know this, but you made an impact on my life, and I want to thank you, and that will be an eternal thank you. That is why I say this. Make your life count. Don't waste your life. Go where God directs you to go. The fact is, most people waste their lives. Billions of people waste their lives. Why? Because they choose to do their own plan and not follow God's plan for their life. Well, Pastor George, could could Mary have missed God's plan for her life? Absolutely she could have. Scripture is pretty clear. God gives us a choice. He doesn't force us into anything. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I said before you, life and death, uh, blessings and curses. Choose life. Your choices will not only affect your life, but what he's saying here, or she's saying here, is that it will affect generations to come. Will you leave a legacy? The names of Jesus. Life Points Advent Calendar. Parents, I know it's busy. Hustle and bustle. Hey, and I love Santa Claus, okay? I love to get into that that, that mythical story. It's just a lot of fun. But don't miss what Christmas is all about. Work with your kids. Because it isn't just about the questions that you ask yourself, but rather the questions that you ask and pose to the next generation. My youngest granddaughter just had her birthday party. And so what do I do? Like I always do. When I come over, I always make this statement. Because it isn't about me asking the questions and being honest with myself. It's about... Posing things to the next generation. So I, I always come in, okay, kids, what is it that grandpa likes about you? And they look at me and say, Everything, grandpa. Why is that? Here's where the real truth comes. Because the Father made us, grandpa, and Jesus died for us, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. And I said, That's right. That's why Grandpa likes everything about you. And I guarantee you this. I'm going to be dead and gone, but they're going to remember those because every day I just take that nail and I drive it in further and further and further. And it will reach the next generation. What about you? You're going to make your life count? You're going to fulfill the mission which God has made you four. Mary could have missed it, but she chose wisely. Honestly, as your pastor, I know you hear this all the time, be purpose-driven, be purpose-driven, and some of you have just kinda discounted that. Can I ask you not to do that? Can I ask you and encourage you to pray, God, help me to understand, the mission that you have for me. Help me to understand what you want to do in me and what you want to do through me for your glory and for the good of the next generation. The fourth reason that Mary said yes in accepting the mission that God had for her was this, God honors humility. Think about it, it takes humility does it not to say, God, I'm not going to go with my plan. I'm going to go with your plan. I'm not going to go my way. I'm going to go your way. The only thing that stands in the way between going God's way and going our way is pride. It's arrogance. It's saying, God, forget, forget you. I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and where I want to do it, and with whom I want to do it. I've got my dreams, God. I've got my, my hopes, my desires, my ambitions, my plans. God, I want to go with those. And yet the Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The Bible says that before honor comes humility. The Bible says humble yourself, and God will exalt you. Folks, I want God to honor you. I want him to honor your business. I want him to honor your families, your life, your finances, your health. The Bible says, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Mary talks about this in her song. Take a look at Luke chapter 1, verses 50 through 53. He has displayed his power with many mighty deeds, but his... has scattered the people who are proud and think they are the great ones. He has brought down mighty rulers from their thrones, but has raised up the humble. He has fulfilled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away with nothing. Folks, this is an amazing song, is it not? It's an amazing piece of poetry. And Mary wrote it. It just came from her heart, 13, 14, 15 years old. There is an artist today that is standing head and shoulders above any other artist. In fact, this artist just won the AMA Decade Award for being a songwriter, Taylor Swift. Do you know that she wrote her first song when she was 10 years old? Do you realize that at the age of 14, Sony hired her to, to write songs for them? And yet, I would say this she doesn't even compare to Mary. Mary is writing this song, this piece of poetry. And within those 10 verses, do you know how many attributes of God she brings to light? 17 different attributes like that. In those 10 verses are 10, or 17 attributes of God. Lord, Savior, omniscient, respectful, mighty, personal, holy, merciful, worthy, powerful, sovereign, gracious, generous, just, humble, faithful, and eternal. Could you have done that at the age of 13? Could could you do that now? I don't think so. And yet this just flowed from Mary's heart. You see, Mary knew the word of God. And if you want God's blessings on your life and your kids, I would encourage you to take that Advent calendar, even as an adult. We've got some. And just review the names of God. Know God's word. Memorize it, meditate on it, seek, more importantly, to apply it in your life. There's a fifth thing, and it's this. God keeps his promises. You ought to say yes to the mission, just like Mary did, because God keeps his promises. Now, this is a big theme of Mary's song, that God is faithful that God is good, that God can be counted on, that God keeps his promises. Take a look at Luke chapter 1 verse 54 and following. He has kept the promise he made to our ancestors and has come to the help of his servant Israel. He is remembered to show mercy to Abraham and to all his descendants forever. What is she talking about here? Well, 4,000 years earlier, God came to Abraham and says, Abraham, I am going to bless the nations through your lineage. Through you is going to come a Savior, a Messiah, a Savior who, who is going to save the world from its sin. And what Mary is saying here is God is keeping his promise, even though it's taken a while. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about Mary's story. Think about her destiny. Think about her mission. Guess what? It began thousands of years before she was even born. Isaiah chapter 7 prophesied this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. God is amongst us. The mission of Mary's life began, folks, thousands of years before she even showed up on the scene. And guess what? The same is true for you. That that ought to give you and I just goosebumps that God thought of us and, what, and the mission that he had for us before we even showed up on the scene, before God created the universe, before he created the universe so he could create our solar system, so he could create our earth, so he could create our earth in such a way that he could create you. And he did all of that because he had a mission for you before you even showed up. And Mary accepted it. And the truth of the matter is this, our Savior came into the world. Today, will you surrender your life to God's mission for you? He created you specifically for it. And you can either accept it or you can reject it. It's your choice. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that nothing in our life escapes your notice. That you've worked it all into your plan to help us to be in relationship with you and to fulfill the very mission for which you created us for, that you knew about before the foundations of this world were laid. And God, we wanna say to you as we enter into this Christmas season, that you are a good God, that you are a great God that you are our Savior, that you are our Lord, that you are merciful, that you are humble, that you are kind, that you know the end from the beginning, that you are all-powerful, God. You are everything, and we are nothing. And we want to surrender our life to you. We want to place our life into your hands and be instruments For your good and for your glory. This morning, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how you started the holiday season. Maybe it was one filled with thanks, maybe it was one sitting in your home alone. Maybe there was festivity around the table, maybe there was tension. I don't know how you started it, but God wants you to finish it in the right way, by being in relationship with Him. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, can I encourage you to do that this morning? Will you just say in the quietness of your heart, just some simple words like God I admit I'm a sinner humble yourself and just say God I've blown it (laughs) it's not going to surprise God God I've blown it but I believe you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins and right now I want to commit myself to you. I need a Savior. God, I need you to fill the void in my life, but God, I just don't want you to be my Savior. I want, to be, I want you to be my Lord. And I want to fulfill the mission for which you've created me. God, will you reveal that to me? knowing that whatever it is, I will say yes to it. In fact, I'm saying yes right now in advance. And if you prayed that prayer, simple as it was in your own heart and in your own mind, God heard you. Will you take a step of faith this morning? Would you let me know? I'd love to send you some literature. Love to help you on your journey, knowing that you've got a spiritual family that loves you, that cares for you, that wants you to grow, and wants you to fulfill the mission for which God has created you. So, would you just take your communication card and just fill it out as much as you would feel comfortable with? Your name, maybe an email address, maybe a telephone number, whatever, and drop it in the offering basket as it goes by. And when I get those in the first part of the week, I'll email you some literature that'll help you understand what you've just done. God, you're good. And we thank you for your goodness towards our life. And we look forward, God, to being all that you've created us to be. Asking the right questions so that we get the right answers so that we can experience all of you and all that this season has for us, God. So we lift this up to you. In your son's precious name we pray, amen.